Welcome to episode 87 of Tactical Crouch. I am Kick Tripod, joined, of course, by Yiska and Volamel. We're all coming off an Overwatch League hangover. And I feel like we all, it's like a hangover from like the cheapest peppermint schnapps shots ever. <laughs> like, you know, like there's some like not good hangovers, but you're like, at least my alcohol wasn't. It's like, I feel like we just got done drinking bottle of the barrel alcohol for like the past 48 hours mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the overwatch this past weekend was something, was something. else yeah something this is the adjective i would use but to, to be fair it it felt like you got like top of the line scotch in seoul and then you mixed it with kool-aid just like, <laughs> I guess so like cherry Kool Aid and yeah, like peppermint schnapps would be a good, a good cocktail. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a, a brainchild of random openings is just you know comparing the weekend to a made up uh, cocktail and then giving it a name. Let's do that. Let's do that. We should. Uh, we we already have to do. <laughs> I don't drink enough. Yes, we, we, we have to. Uh, we have to get a German word of the week based on last week's. Uh, games, mm. so it was it was a little loud bomb, to think you know? about it. Loud bomb, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I I'll set, think about it over the episode. Right. Let's let's see we'll how close we close it out on it. What the synthesis be... of this episode is when it's all said and done and out. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Try to say something to him. Uh, before we get started, big thank you to our patron producers: Battlecrab, Pin Wolshin, Charlie L, Audio Compass, Pork Chop, Sammy, Kasha, Sixty Seven, Coochie Kopi, Salsa Boy, Ninety One, and Shara. Thanks for supporting the show. If you like the show and want to support, go to patreon.com slash tactical groucher. You can subscribe right here. Big thank you to coppers with two Z's for subscribing. And sorry, I missed, uh, missed it at before the show. So making it up to you and making it permanent on the air. You got it. We don't normally do that. It should feel, it should feel very special. Should be a very special moment. We'll, we'll give you a, Round of applause too. Look at that. I am a uh, very uh, generous God. person. Yeah, I'm a generous oh. God. What can I say? Benevolence be upon you. It's true. Uh, we're gonna get started though. There's a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we originally were supposed to have 16 matches, right? We ended up yes, having se- seven of them cancel. Uh, and one added, and then one, yeah, then one added. So it was it was a lot to like kind of keep uh, up with. So the first thing yeah. that we should probably talk about is NYXL just kind of backing away temporarily from competition in general during coronavirus. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Seems like uh, they're the only team that's officially doing it. Like we've got London and Vancouver who are kind of taking a hiatus as they relocate back to Seoul. Yes. But uh, as far as we know, NYXL isn't doing anything like that. They're just like, hey, while this coronavirus thing plays out, we're just going to step away from competition. So we have something to blame on this season. 
I think um, I've like the the thing is, I think they they have very smart people in NYXL, mm-hmm. and if the risk management or risk assessment is that it's too unsafe to keep players in their respective apartments in New York, and with the of course like nuts situation that they have over there, mm-hmm. um, and it's more it feels more safe. To, for them to expose them initially to like the airports and whatnot, even though you can probably accurately uh, or properly um, protect them with like gear and whatnot uh, on the flight, then that's probably a, a better solution for them, like to to relocate them. Now, I'm I'm not sure what the what the press release said. If it was more like um, we're just not playing at the moment, or if it mentioned a relocation. Because like that entire team is uh, South Korean, so they might, right? Like the, and I actually don't know. I don't know if there was an accompanying press release, but the the tweet uh, did not mention any of that, as far as I know. It's just let me just double check and make sure. I think in general, my two assumptions were either nyxl is not set to play from player apartments just yet so they need time or they are relocating one of the two yes uh, so the tweet is as the state of new york continues to mandate that all non-essential workers remain at home the nyxl will temporarily be stepping back from playing matches in the overwatch league we're continuing to make all efforts to return to competition as soon as possible we'll continue to create incredible ways for our fans the best in the world to connect with our players digitally during this time as they represent our city proudly and demonstrate the resilience it is known for. Yeah. I, I think like that's that's fair, especially if you don't have the setup to support players playing from home. Um and they don't have the internet connections. Yep. Like uh, they like they are talking about cameras and whatnot. Like if you don't have the setup there the PCs, the internet connection speeds to ho- not only host Overwatch, but also like potential video feeds or whatever, then fair enough. Like that's just like, this is, I'm not mad at anyone at the moment. No. B- b- based on competitive integrity, based on uh, decisions to prioritize uh, their people's health over playing. You know what? We, uh, we Germans call it the most beautiful, irrelevant thing in the world. Foot- football, that is. That is kind of like how I think about Overwatch for myself, right? Like, that's just like... If, if we still can, can still play and make everyone stay a little bit better, especially on the weekends, fair enough. If that's not possible for everyone, that's okay too. So what I haven't seen, though, is if these matches that they miss... If, are these getting rescheduled or are they being forfeited? Oh, I would imagine have it's just going to be rescheduled. Rescheduled? They're going to have to make them up somehow um, once, you know, they get back online or they, you know, finish relocating. One of the two. I don't think, um, I think if it, if it continues and more teams are looking at relocating, there might have to be some forfeitures or the season has to be extended. But there again, I don't see... I see the, f- the former happening more so than the latter. Um, hmm. But and, and again, everything is kind of in flux. You know, every, the, the schedule is very fluid. You know, I think the league is working really well with the teams. 
to be able to do this and and not uh you know hold them necessarily at fault for something that really isn't their fault um they they want to try and keep everybody safe and that's that's really commendable um as much as again we like to to give them a hard time on the show and, and try to criticize them and to be fair it's mostly true um it's it's fair to you know give them kudos where where they deserve it and i think they're trying to handle this the best they can same with the production staff um and you know it's it's a weird time to be alive it's a weird time to try and run a, a multi-million dollar or you know esports league so yeah best of luck to them. it's it's not easy yeah it is not i think what anyone had envisioned this season being nope. Not at all. That's not the understatement of the episode. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But yeah, we're just rolling with it the best we can, staying up yep, until yep. 4 a.m., waking back up at 10 a.m. 4 p.m. Yeah. And like <laughs> watching more matches. It was kind of nuts. Yep. Uh, yeah. Lots going on. But uh, seven matches canceled this week. We got some new ones. Uh, before we talk about last week, though, let's take a few minutes. Mm. We're not going to be doing a preview episode this week, more than likely, because we're not going to know which teams are playing. Yeah. But we do want to talk about the hero bands, which is Wrecking Ball, May, McCree, and Brigetta. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I know you guys have very different <laughs> philosophies to approaching how, this. Uh, how to do this. How, how to uh, approach discussing these here. Uh, yes, I want you to go first. <laughs> What are your thoughts on the um the the hero bands from for this coming week? Um the hero bands themselves are sort of interesting in the sense that I think they were very different from the ones or like in in the mm. like we haven't haven't had double picks yet, right? And um what's Has also it been more or maybe this is the that could be the case. time that yeah. yes, that could band. be that could be the case. Yeah, I think like McCree doesn't isn't a hero that hard forces an archetype though. So yeah, um, in that right. regard, like the May the May band feels fresh, mm-hmm. um, even though we'll have to see how that. I mean, she didn't have the biggest play rate, right? Right uh, in no. in this week. Um, what else was meant? Breaking ball. Breaking was ball it breaking? Brig and Rick. Yeah. Um, Unlockers for uh, like teams like Chengdu. Um, We'll maybe see some some Winston. I'm actually looking like if there's dive and I think some teams might try, Mm -hmm. then I'm looking forward to Winston because it's just like one of the most fun uh, heroes to observe for me. Um, And then, yeah, Brig, like honestly, like it's. It's interesting that nobody really went like, oh, yes, break band, yeah. At least not that that yeah. heavily, because like I, th- I feel like that hero has been moved into a less obnoxious uh, version of itself, where it's like, it's actually hilarious that break doesn't contain Tracer anymore. It empowers Tracer. Yeah. Right? So that, She's an that to me is interesting. Yeah, that's that's been a fun change. And I think you're right. Like if I had to give my take, it would would probably be dive. Um, but there again, going back to what I was originally talking about with with hero pools in general, I think the way you beat this system is to pick something, pick an archetype, let's say an archetype being like a very general strategy, like a dive, like a a bunker, something that 
identifies you as a team, which I think it will be a positive, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed from Hero Pools is that teams are forced to pick an identity if they want to succeed. Yeah. What do you so I get that. I like that. But um Yes, go from like now until then, like what do you, I mean, is this something that you think teams can actually prepare really well for? Like how does how do teams as far as you understand it and what you can tell us, how are teams like preparing when you see such like drastic meta shifts week after week? So with the current regions, like, okay, imagine. So we have three regions right now that can only scrim against each other based on ping because nobody's going to eat the ping in terms of like coast to coast or like to Asia, right? Like there's no Asian team scrimming like East Coast, right? We can assume that isn't the case. So then that means you're limited in the, in the teams you're scrimming already. And some of the teams that are theoretically in your ping region, you have to play against that following weekend. So that then almost cuts the pool in half again. Or not in half, but like eliminates t uh, at most two teams of the, depending on your region, like six, six uh, Overwatch League teams. So you got four um, of which one you are. So then you the you hope the other three got a really good read on the matter very early in the week if not and you find and of course like your your scrims are booked weeks in advance in terms of how that works right mm -hmm. like so like you cannot even really engineer what you're scrimming against or what kind of strategies you're exposed to right because you just don't know all the eventualities this far ahead so Basically what happens, you hit the scrim service, you have a probably like your coaches just like ground out the, the entire night after the uh, hero bands so you can have productive practice on Monday. You sit down on Monday, you play, someone's playing something into you. If you're lucky, you've got a working comp that uh, beats a lot of scrims or someone else plays something into you and you just adopt it immediately and like go through the week. If on Friday someone comes along that again want someone you booked four weeks ago mm -hmm. and just goes like well like you know that comp that you've been practicing since monday it's actually kind of garbage against us our, our take and we're just stomping you then you either have the option to say we're adapting this and playing this terribly or we're um going to stay on our comp have it more practiced and pray to the the luck lords that the other uh, the, that our opposition hasn't um, figured out either a counter or that specific comp uh, because there's theoretically also the possibility that there's more than one counter to my comp. Yep. I then sit down on Saturday on the server, connect, walk out of the room. My someone might scout. You see the comp. You go. Guess I've never seen that before. Let's see how the first team fight goes. <sighs> That's rough, bro. Okay, okay. Right let's into see the, the, mic, the sub map. <laughs> let's <laughs> that. let's let's see the sub map. Oh, damn. Ah, well, it's control. Let's see on escort. Okay, dude. We're kind of boned. Like that's the weekend. Just take your hard head. Just walk out of there, and 
Like that's that's your weekend. That's we that's Overwatch under one week he reports. And there's no room to argue here. This is basically what every coach told me. If you think a, a, a team sits down on the server after map two and goes like, well, theoretically, and then if you that, then like put someone on this hero and then you're looking exactly like the clown circus that uh, San Francisco Shock was this weekend. You walk into this comp, you lose. Done. Next. Or you adapt it, throw away the weeks of practice that you've put into, you know, the, the former. And uh, wing it. Which is neither good. Yo, that's not a good decision either, right? So it's it's very difficult to be able to say anything, but just you know, unlucky. Uh, I guess we'll go next week and try to you know get ahead of the curve. That that is another unfortunate reality that I had to find out. I'm like, okay, so you know the the comp that everyone scrimmed for months before the season, mm. and now like. Even if it was feasible now, the decay, the knowledge decay and the skill decay on these particular heroes in that particular comp is nutty. Suddenly everyone forgot how to play that comp. <laughs> everyone looked garbage on it. It's nuts. Like, again, Overwatch is like, I don't know if people realize how, how coaches, how micromanaged movements are how pre-planned rotations usually are how positioning usually is from sidelines for your flex supports to uh, po specific positioning of, of your tank and uh, shield angles and whatnot it is all planned if you don't do that you are rolling the dice simple as that that's overwatch always has been always will be and the more we sail against the grain will have uh, issues in, in execution. Mm -hmm. That's how it is. Again, I, 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 it's weird for me to be the optimist here, but I do think, you know, teams will get better at adapting to this. I don't think this will solidify teams. It won't be as stable as the, the seasons past, but I do think teams will get better at trying to figure out what they should do on the week and how to approach the game with hero pools. And, and I'm of the opinion that it is, you know, picking or forced to be picked or forced to pick an identity um, and, and running with that and trying to facilitate that identity as best they can. And then having like a, a side color, like for any of the, the magic, the gathering players out there, it's about picking like a color and then splashing a color. If that week, maybe, maybe white's just really bad. Maybe blue's bad this week. So we need an extra color to fall back on. It's not our main color. It's not our main identity, but at least we have something to fall back on. I think that's the game as it stands right now. I think it gets a whole lot more diverse. I think that's what the, the goal of Hero Pools wants to be. If you give them more time to experiment, to be able to test things and say, yes, this is good or no, this is bad. More time is needed to facilitate the goal that Hero Pools wants to facilitate. And uh, I think that that is the the most optim optimistic take that uh that i that i've got today so you got your one no no pooping on hero pools guys that's i got one. you that's that's the thing about colors isn't it like mm. when you mix enough colors it eventually just turns yes color, and that's that's what we've got always we have brown. too many like it's it's always brown it always says well it's always it's always going to be garbage like every game this weekend every game was bad not, not a single game was a good game. 
It was interesting so, to so see to find, teams. To find but... your scope on that, a garbage game, because I know the the immediate response is going to be, I enjoyed this week's games. Mm, that's I fine. I had a lot I, of fun. And, and so they're, they're tying their enjoyment of the games to good Overwatch. So can you qualify what is good or bad Overwatch in this respect? Because I, I don't want you to get smacked on it and people just don't take your point because they just don't aren't willing to understand it yeah yeah, it's fair like their um definition of good overwatch might be very different than mine my for me good good overwatch is when teams meet on even playground and have a dance off to decide um who who wins the uh, the match and like while they're pl- sort of like basically the feel for great overwatch for me is is like two teams dancing around each other like y- you know like front lines sort of clear dive counter dive whatever it is but like a, a sort of coherence is like I-, I i understand where the coherence comes from and um they they have some pre-agreed um sort of frameworks where it mm-hmm. happens like good is really more feeling to me the for instance good is or i i have to say great or am- amazing is shock against titans in stage two oh. that's a dance between teams chengdu is two human centipedes mud fighting that it, it's not enjoyable to me there's sure. no rhyme or reason that's there's, fair it's it's like unplanned only heuristics only like in um like impulsive reactions that highlight nothing but players making it up on the go which is a skill set which you very which you're welcome to enjoy and to a degree i also do but Coach impact is very low in that uh, that regard. Uh, strategical depth is very low. Also, it's absolutely unwatchable for me because like things are happening here. Here's the flank. Like there's no focus to any of the fights. You like nobody can tell me that they realistically always understood where where at that very moment Jinmu was uh, hovering around or what mm. specific goal he was chasing. No, they. Like Chengdu excels at dragging people down, like in confusion, which is a you may do that. Do whatever has the highest win rate. Like that's that's the fine. name of the game, right? Is winning. Yes, yes, yes. It, like you need to win, and that's fine. But it is a problem of the game that this works. Yes, yes, I would and agree it's with that one. Not a problem of the game necessarily, but of the tournament system that we're playing under, which is one week hero pools. Yes. All right. I, I accept your answer. You have qualified good Overwatch, so now nobody can go off on a tangent. <laughs> Definitely, you know, explain why you disagree with uh, with it. That's fine. We get it. Mm. More likely, we understand. It's it's entertaining to watch. It's fresh every week. Uh, I I can I compare it a lot to. Uh, I uh, I wrestled in high school, and so like you compare like high school wrestling, or even just like traditional like Olympic wrestling compared to like WWE Raw, 
you know, where not to say that there's no talent in what is being done in WWE Raw, but it's very different, right? Yeah. It's and it's two different things. It's a lot of memorization. It's a lot of acting. It's a lot of, you know, it's, but it's not like, I don't think you'd call it necessarily as much of a dance and don't take that metaphor too far. YouTube guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, hopefully you understand the spirit of what I'm saying in the sense that it, it's almost kind of, like regular wrestling, I think like Olympic wrestling can be really boring to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It really can. There's, I don't understand it. I don't get all the names of these holds. I just want to see a dude get power bomb through a chair onto a table from 25. Feet I want to see end. people thrown off hell in the cell and you know, in 2004. And I want to see people put through tables. That's, that's, you know, there's a part of my brain that, that wants that as well. But I also want really cool and, you know, intricate hand fighting and, you know, posturing and figuring out, you know, what exactly each of these opponents are trying to do and and seeing that that acted upon each other and how each opponent adapts. It's it's tough to do that right now. And I think hero pools on a one week turnaround affects the the product of Overwatch as a whole. It's hard to see storylines when everything is some shade of brown. Yeah, I'll, I'll also say, and I, I it seemed like I, I scapegoated uh, Chengdu too much. It's like, I think a match like Chengdu is much more fun in the, con- in the context of other games looking better. Because sure. let's be honest, they were in the middle of a shit sandwich in, mm. in terms of like where they played. Like, I, like watching that Guangzhou against uh, Hangzhou game is just like, I, I knew immediately when when they swished the diva bomb into the, the pool, J. it was like, okay, someone put the lid up and just shit into the toilet, didn't they? Yeah. So, okay, clean in. Uh, no Stufentoilette. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have, we, have we done that one as German Word of the Week? No, I don't think Stufentoilette? so. Stufentoilette? Yeah. The, 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 what is it? The perch toilet? I don't know, I can't think of the word. It's, yeah, it's like, we we have a step in the toilet. Yeah, that's right. like like a like a plate, so to speak, mm. where you know you get to see your efforts. You know, you get to be proud of it. <laughs> you get to you know you know check you're healthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Best shape and all. Yeah. Yeah. No blood. No, none of that. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go on before we. Uh, get demonetized yes, yeah let's. exactly um, yeah it's um and by the way again just like I, we had someone in the chat who's actually a former professional wrestler i'm not saying mm. what pro- professional wrestlers do isn't difficult or isn't takes dangerous, less skill you know? isn't dangerous yeah. most of them come from a wrestling background totally. to begin yeah. with or some sort of mma martial arts background anyways that's not i'm just saying that yeah wwe is largely an entertainment thing where most people if you like uh like olympic wrestling or something like that or even let's just use high school wrestling right you're Mm. going there to support your like your school in a competition your family member or something else you're not exactly going there because wrestling is all like really really interesting to watch especially on the face of it one is an inter- solely an entertainment product, to John's point, and the other one is a strict competition of, you know, stuff that isn't really for the casual person. It's, have you experienced this? Do you know what you're watching? If not, 
then maybe you're just there to cheer on your 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 college you know friend or your boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other in some instances um and and that's fine too just yeah. two different things anyways i'm done qualifying but, the metaphor unless <laughs> yeah no there's one there's one thing and that is a very fair argument that mm. like we didn't actually have one week hero pools with this hero pool that's true the counter to this is however is that a lot of teams assumed that next last week's masters would be played and they never scrimmed on the meta if they like hadn't had planned matches for this yep. specific meta now this doesn't apply to shock of course like they are exempt from from that because they would have played last week should have scrimmed for that specific meta and whatnot mm -hmm. but it also contributes to them probably not finding the quality scrims because some teams just decided because we're not playing next week let's so we're gonna let's scrim. play something else and yep. then maybe we get lucky and like play the exact bands that uh, are like might yeah, happen. That's a great point. And yep. it now also got uh, got a little bit more predictable because of the waiting, right? Like you you had a a better probabilistic um, like prediction power if you want to mm. sort of get take a guess what would have been this week's meta in terms of like. Um, if it last week's masters had started, so fair shout. That actually though makes it worse in the sense that yes, there were teams that absolutely practiced three weeks of this meta through, mm -hmm. and I think we also saw those uh, overperform. But that just means every team that was bad, or many teams that were bad, are just a norm now because they only had one week. To practice on a specific meta, and if you're shocked by that level of play, then that will shock you again next week. Yep. Uh, one one extra thing to that, I hope that Blizzard learns from this. You know, week we'll call it week eight to week six. You know, these 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 in these trying times, um, that communication with your teams in your league on exactly what you're planning is imperative. And hopefully that doesn't happen again. If we do uh, indeed have to skip a week and, you know, uh, the teams and players have to leave it up to chance on exactly what's what's being banned, what's being run, what's happening. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully that uh, doesn't ever happen again, because I can't imagine like hero pools in general is, is probably the single hardest and most stressful thing a coach has to deal with. And then not knowing what exactly is going on is probably number two. So, you know, heart goes out to them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's talk about this last week's matches. Let's uh, recap a little bit. Sure. We're going to start with the big one. We're going to get there right away. And uh, San Francisco shock, uh, I think, uh, threw us curveball this week and started off 0-2 in post-hero pools, losing to the LA Gladiators and the LA Valiant. You can look up at the... Uh, win percentage is right there, and you see San Francisco shock second to last in the Pacific mm. teams right now, which, to be fair, <laughs> nobody has played more than four matches on that side, uh, yeah. whereas almost everybody in Atlantic has played True. six. Uh, shock have played three, but they are one and two, third to last um, with a .385 map win percentage. So we saw a lot. I think from shock and I personally am not good enough to understand how much was 
strategic failures and how much was, holy crap, let's try a different look and just hope that this works or this throws a curveball. Kind of like what we maybe saw Vancouver do a little bit in week one where it's like, you know what? Our original plan isn't working. Let's just uh, put Axel on Genji and see how far it takes us. And they did it and it was great. So, uh, Joe, I mean, what's your take on this one? Uh, San Francisco shock, 0-2, strategic blunder. Was it what What in your mind happened here? I think it played out similarly to how I expected. Um, I, I didn't expect shock to lose versus these teams, these caliber of teams. Um, but I, I do think this team has an inherent problem that they have to figure out. And that is identifying what they want to be in the past. They've practiced a game that is about refinement. Now it is about identification and who, what color you want to buy into. Where, where are you going to buy in? Shock is one of those teams that has to figure that out, or they're constantly going to be playing guesswork. Um, and so far it hasn't been great when you're losing to Valiant as the 2019 defending champions. Um, not a good look, right? Like that's Two not coaches. a slight, hundred percent that as well to, to Valiant's credit. Like they're working understaffed at the moment and we'll get to my opinion on where shock might also be failing. Um, but in general, the Valiant, no slight to them are not a title contender this year. At least we're not viewed to be as such going into the season. Hero pools maybe might change that for everybody. Who knows? To the coaching staff's credit, um, it seemed like somebody was taking an off week. It did not feel like the shock of old, but maybe there again, it's about figuring out what to do with hero pools. Um, it was very suspect to me when watching this game and how many rotations there were with how much, you know, role fluidity there was to me that did not seem very structured. That seemed very, this week is not great for us. I don't know why, Something, something seems wrong with shock this week. So they tried to do the best they could, whether it was, you know, we have a really bad read, whether somebody's sick and, and trying to figure that out. So it's, it was, it was not good. I'm smelling something. I'm, I smell fire. I think something's happening with shock. I have not a clue what that is, but this is not the same team. This is not the same team that won last year. That was, you know, good at refining they have to kind of mentally rebuild how they want to play this game because it is just drastically different they have to figure out how to be the best in this system and i think that's going to take time and that's why i said what i said last week with in regards to shock and soul yeah so i mean yuska what's your thoughts on like i mean i think we saw what sinatra play played both tank and DPS, I think we saw Rascal in as support. Do I remember yeah, that he correctly? Played brig. Uh, he played the Brig. Uh, we, we saw a lot of different Pretty Shock bad. players playing outside of their regular roles. Um, what? Like, so do you think, A, do you think that that was pre-planned and intentional from practice and scrims? Uh, some of it was. Um, I think like they they publicly commented on uh, running that Zarya Doom a lot and having success in in scrims with it. So I think that um, was 
planned. Um, it would be interesting. I, I don't think anyone has as uh, widespread, like, pre-planned um, rosters for every single map to that degree. I don't think anyone planned. So to me, also from the level of judging from the level of play, it looked to me like they were taken off guard with their composition not working. They then tried to amend that in some way and couldn't figure out anything uh, in either series. And this, like, if you think about it, it, it also says more to the theory of like, it's requiring, like having a week's worth of practice uh, advantage is huge. Like, Shock played that, okay, it's fine, but if you lose against the Gladiators, it's no shame. Mm -hmm. But you see how long it takes to then adapt that they still got smashed by the Violin as well. Yep. Um, because a day is simply not enough to adapt, even if you were to copy, and then even if you have the most skilled team in the world, if you're being honest. Like, pound for pound, they are definitely um, up there as well. Um... I know there were some some mentions uh, of like there being like behind the scenes issues going on. I personally don't think like if if John Gold is thinking about the same thing I'm thinking about, I don't know if that would actually necessarily impact um, the shock as much in that regard. So um, I don't think that maybe I just I just don't know. That's very possible that he has information that. I, I'm not privy to so, um, but yeah, it's uh, to me this is just hero pools. Yeah, until it's, further proven. Otherwise. Well, I think for shock it's hero pools, and they 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 are a slow builder. They're they're a, a team that comes to the fight a little cold and progress as the fight goes on. They want to refine things. That's how this team has been built, and now they kind of have to restructure to be able to be quick, to be able to be fluid and. To, to adapt so it's uh it's not a good look for shock hopefully uh they can get it together but uh i'm not uh not so sure a lot of a lot of dice work a lot of, a lot of guesswork to be had and uh it's it's not easy um towards skybeam's comment saying yo come on val swapped comps from day one to day two and did fine um if that is actually a case and they completely reworked the entire strategy within one day fair play, I think they just already had uh, an idea what was going to be required into specific strategies. Yep. Um, like, that easily could be a team that practiced a number of different compositions where Shock tried to identify what was the best and then tried to be the best at the best thing. Whereas Valiant practiced uh, a variety of different things and that's going to it's not necessarily fair to just paint everybody with a broad brush as all 20 teams are trying to figure out what's the best way to approach this for their team and in general so it's you're going to see things like this happen you're going to see teams that you know unequivocally we all thought shock was going to be the best team and lo and behold it's uh, not necessarily true I also don't want to downplay the efforts of uh, Valiant's players because, like, they definitely had standout performances individually as well. Um, like, that team is actually uh, 
like once again massively overperforming uh, over the expectations we had of them in mm-hmm. the preseason, and they keep being slumped down and they keep convincing. Yep. And uh, it's it's miraculous, but also a testament towards the uh, company or not company, but um, team culture that Packin has built over there. 100%. And the fact that they are so resilient to all these honestly huge drawbacks, like two coaches is un- unbelievable in the context of like they are, they are legitimately contenders teams with more, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or were at least. Um, and and just real fast, not to not to completely derail you, it's not necessarily that Shock didn't consider another option when looking at like the Zarya die of Doomfist compositions. It's about what they've practiced and the time put in versus a possibly better solution. You, it's it's very difficult to argue that sacrificing all of the work you put in last week is worth just playing what everybody else is playing. You have no idea why they're playing it. You have very well, it's not necessarily you don't you have no idea why you have a very uh, lower understanding of the composition, let's say. And and just sacrificing a week's worth of competition isn't or practice isn't necessarily worth it all the time. I doubt that they didn't consider it. They just figured this is what the best thing is. So let's get really good at what the best thing is. Oh, crap, we're wrong because the scrim partners didn't play it or they haven't seen it or they didn't expect it. Again, a lot of just unlucky. Sometimes you just don't see what everybody else is playing on the other half of the world or the other side mm. of the continent. Mm. And you get caught off guard and you, you get caught. Yeah, it, it, this this is this game has quickly become uh, a, a puncher. Anybody has a puncher's chance. You could just identify it early and uh, you're out to the races like you're just that far ahead that nobody can stop you. And you might be a middle of the pack team and you might be beating last year's champion. That can happen right now. Yeah. 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 You might actually also legitimately uh, beat the on average if we had like a truth machine yeah. best average hero pool because yeah. it's like like nobody's like if you look at their performance graph nobody's like this or has like you know a flat curve mm-hmm. everyone's like it's the stock market right now and then some some others like the, va- the I mean, valley like right, right now no, <laughs> right now no no but like about a week ago yeah just up yeah. and down and up and down and up and down. It's yeah. you don't know exactly what to there's there's not going to be a, a clear like stratification until much later. And even then, again, fingers crossed, hopefully Blizzard like adds in a couple more weeks to these hero pools. That'll come sooner. But if we leave it one week hero pools, it's gonna take a long time. It might take till season two um for teams to be clearly stratified that I that know what they want to do with hero pools with the team mm. that they've crafted. It could just be random dice rolls on these matches for a long time, guys. It's also like if if people are um, interested as to the mechanics of why that is the case, maybe look into um, like some papers on on research on a special skill. Like for instance, someone that is a, an archer okay. is really not like a professional archer is really not that much better than a hobbyist on unknown uh, ranges, like ranges that they never shoot at. Sure. Like an Olympic archer is a specialist in hitting a target at a specific range. And then as soon as you start moving the, the targets, their performance drops significantly. And then they need a little bit of time to grind into that thing. 
Mm. Is there such a person that shoots reasonably well on all ranges? I think there are some that are better at it. I think sure. there's nobody that is very good at it to the point where they could be uh, contesting even for Olympic uh, ranges, right? So, sure. um, like, you, you might like that type of, like, just like, oh, this guy can shoot everyone on any, every range, like close range, like long range. Um, but that's it's really hard as humans to build up that versatility and yeah. be prepared for everything that reality could throw at you and everything that Overwatch can throw at you. It's mm -hmm. like... The, the complexity of this game, it's, it's really hard to grasp, I think, unless really explored and also experienced through the dread of being an Overwatch League coach. Yeah. Like. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, let's, let's talk about the Soul Dynasty, though. So um, I think if anyone had a bonkers week this week, uh, the Soul Dynasty would definitely have to be one of them. They go 2-0. They don't drop a map. Um, they, uh, right? Yeah. 3-0 Valiant, 3-0 Glads. Yeah. <sighs> or did they, did they draw a map? I think they did draw versus Glad. I think they drew they drew, they drew one. Good. I was like yeah, I was yeah. looking at the map win percentage and like that should be one then. Uh yeah, yeah so yeah. they drew a map but they didn't drop a map. That's true. Uh mm -hmm. so and uh, it wasn't against the worst teams either. So they they beat the Valiant oh. who we just got done praising for beating uh Soul. And then they uh beat the Gladiators. Or sorry, uh, they we just praised for beating Shock, and then the Gladiators yep. were um, also the team who beat Shock. So they basically beat both teams that beat the Shock, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, your boy, your boy Yiska, I think uh, he's back, or he was never actually he never left. If we're being honest, he was always there, <laughs> and uh, I hope Do you we know that for sure. I mean, though? he was he he was. He was uh he was okay in playoffs he wasn't transcendental um what i was more happy about was to see that gesture actually popped yeah that, that gave me confidence in this team uh i mean his generally. release has been good i don't yeah. know why you know yeah his ride is not don't get me wrong but mm. one out of the th you know three three of one like it's pretty good yeah you have one dud hero but you also have another main tank to fall back on so yeah, yeah, yeah. seems sick I'm telling you mm. Yeah. Team also, the back line looked yeah, solid. Looks solid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Sweet, sweet team. And come come on, make your point. Should have believed me. Should have believed me. Say, 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 the, say the word. I said, I said Soul beat Shock last week, and now with this, that they're the best team at the moment. They are number one. They are the Shock, Tiger Kings. The, they are the Tiger King. They are Joe Exotic. <laughs> did you finish it, Yiska? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. Is it, it not insane, like yeah. I, I feel like it's this the most is insane thing? I think just how yeah. Germans view America in general. Oh yeah, that is the personification of how Yiska views America in general. Yeah. Just slap a couple like American flags and like the national anthem, and you got it. I mean, the fact that this is even possible is insane to me. It's not really that I think this is the anything, average, is but possible. the fact that it is possible is insane. It's anything. So how can someone America, have maybe like? 140 tigers by himself 
They're just like, how is that possible? How can someone have a tiger, bro? Like, you can just... go, like, did you, did you hear? It's like 2,000 bucks. They're like, how much yeah. does it cost to get a tiger? It's like, yeah, about 2,000 bucks. Yo, like, I'm my dog, definitely my dog know costs Overwatch more place. than that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> my dog costs more than yeah. that. Like, so many people with like bangles and stuff where they pay like 5K for a cat. Mm -hmm. They just like buy a liger for two five. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Anyways, solar, solar, crazy. It would solar, very, very good. It wouldn't be uh, March twenty twenty if we didn't discuss Tiger King in some way or another. Mm, true. Uh, so back to Soul Dynasty. Like, you're right. They did look great. Uh, they look pretty dominant. Um, yes. I think this I think is they, what a lot of people have been wanting to see from Soul. Honestly, all the way mm, back from season one. Yes, this is the team that we were promised. It's it's unfortunate because I think they could really legitimately be the best in a refinement meta rather than like if we were just take away hero pools, I think they could actually like sit among the top teams like without without question. Um, they have the firepower. They have the coaching staff. And that's been shown with hero pools. It's just a shame that we don't see a number of other high quality teams that they can pair up against and really see them tested. Yeah. That's 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 kind of what I'm I'm missing with hero pools is like two like absolute titans. Just we understand how to play this in our own unique ways, and we're just gonna run at each other and adapt on the fly. Like to what Yiska was saying, like stage two of 2019 finals was beautiful. That was that was art personified i want to see soul in that type of match i think they would really like sparks would fly like that is that is a a gorgeous like a soul shock grand final best of seven every like you give them three five months to figure out what they're playing and what the meta is and i think you have a beautiful beautiful match that everybody can appreciate uh, i think it's just the state of the game at the moment i don't think hero pools need this again you know, somehow shoehorning hero pools into uh, every discussion. But yeah, Soul's the best team at the moment. No, I'm still not sold on Titans. Um, they've played, what, one match? Uh, I think they've clearly identified what they want to do. I think they've picked the color, which is a great showing for me. Um, but I need to see more from them before I, I can definitively say, like, they're super high up. I, I think they're good. I just don't know that they're great. Soul, on the other hand, fantastic team. So one, I think one player who um, I think had a lot of question marks around him was Fitz. Not mm. a lot of people knew what to expect from Fitz. Um, maybe hadn't seen him before. Uh, what was your thoughts on how uh, he and Prophet played together? Fantastic. Um, looking at him, even going back to like going water S, like his um, was it open division, open division Korean team. Mm -hmm. um, great team, great player, good felt more of a facilitator rather than like a carry threat. And he's now shown to be a carry threat. Uh, we saw him a little bit last year, but goats was hard to kind of um, push individuals forward uh, and uh, scrim bucks said otherwise. So I was excited to see him, uh, you know, in a, in a more punchy role and he looks absolutely fantastic. Yep. Absolutely. Just. Yeah. I, I, I said it kind of not ironically, but half heartedly that this team has like the, the trait if you were to to pull like another card game reference, like you're you're pulling a trade off of the London Spitfire and giving it to Soul with with profit and gesture, and now this is a trio. I think you can, can, can I think you could say that 
fits profit gesture is now like something to to be reckoned with. I think if you keep those three together, you've got you've got a scary, scary core that you could put into any team and just instantly push them up by by nature of having them within the team. Absolutely. Like that's that's tough to be like not a lot of teams can can confidently say I can go toe to toe with profit. Okay, now you have to go toe to toe with fits and then you have to go toe to toe with gesture. A very elite few teams can do that or can confidently say they can. And you got to catch them on the right meta, right? Like some some Ryan Marisa stuff or like that. But even then, like theoretically, Soul can cover that as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, then it's not gesture, probably, oh. I would think. Um, but like, for instance, I hope they get a bunch of matches next weekend, like two yeah. matches. Just I like, want to see more of this team. Yeah, that's exciting. Because if if we actually think this is Winston, that once again, I currently don't have access to a coin. Otherwise, I would tell you what what's being played next weekend. <laughs> but if it actually turns out to be Winston, oh my god, I want some. Give me some Vancouver against Seoul. Yeah, give double me dive. Up. I want to see Hoxall, you know, run it out, run it down against Profit again. Go back mm. and watch Apex Season Four Finals. That was that was yeah. hype. Yeah. Mm. This man is about to pull a Genji and just like finish your dreams. You think you think he's good at one thing and then he just pulls something out. He hasn't shown all season and then just, you know, sets a record. He's that type imagine of player. Profit is the best also, player. Imagine if he also has a doom just randomly. Just he probably like, does. Like what would that, he's shown constantly that he can just pick up things, not necessarily pick up things, but just show things that he hasn't had to show before. And just has it's it's just one of the better ones. It's just above average, mm. if not like A tier. It may not be S tier, but compare that to like the rest of his heroes. It's just like, what can't this kid do, dude? If it, I, I'm I'm not taking debates. If Soul actually crushes the season he's, and at least goes far in playoff, he's the goat, bro. He's, the, he's it's over. Yeah. It's, it's clear. Discussion over. Yeah. He, you you don't go from leveling up with GC Busan, dominating APAC. Coming into the league, doing well at least stage one in season one, winning season one, blundering for a number of reasons in season two, and then Never coming back on a new bad team. individually though. Never, not not in any of those instances was he individually at fault. It was always yeah. tertiary problems. Yeah, and he he's dragging gesture along for the ride. God bless yeah. him. He's his, you know he's the lackey. <laughs> That's a bro. But he's the goat. A prophet. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could do a show, a weekly show, Yiska, called Not Profit's Fault, where you could just <laughs> talk about And it wouldn't be. And I would agree be. with you, but I would also yeah. think it would be really funny. <laughs> you could just mm. capitalize yeah. on uh, the, the, uh, your love for profit. I could make a website and call it uh, Last Time Since It Was Profit's Fault, and it would just like tick up <laughs> from his birthday. Like, like twenty years ago. Fair enough. Uh, so I do want to talk about one player on the Gladiators before we go on. This sure. is a team that um did play. Uh, both the Shock and Soul. They beat the Shock and then uh they lose the Soul. But that player would be Mirror. Mm. Um, we largely saw Birdring and Mirror play the DPS duo. We did see Jaru, I believe, on one or two maps. Full sky, um, mostly. Yeah, and so, uh, but what was, what's your thoughts so far on on Mirror and kind of coming in into that? I think that 
really I think we had a lot of questions about the DPS spots mm. on um uh the LA Gladiators, right? We're like Bergering is like shown that he can play well, but he hasn't in a long time. We don't know if we can catch any flair from that. Mirror, I, I believe a lot of the the conversation revolved around. I don't really know if he is Overwatch League caliber, how good he is going to be on Heroes on an Overwatch League stage. So uh, how did you think that he played this weekend? I think he's... It's it's not fair, and this is going to carry a lot of like uh, bad connotation. I think he's a fantastic Doomfist. I need to see more. So far, I like it. I like what I'm seeing from this team. I 100% believe that the coaching staff is just insanely capable of you know building these players up and i'm glad that bird ring still has gas in the tank again um first ballot hall of fame whenever that starts because this kid has been you know s tier for a majority of his career you know you don't go from being you know a kongdu staple to being a gladiators like redemption story like that's that's impressive in and of itself and being able to compete against some of the best you know dps in the world that's fantastic beer on the other hand i like what i'm seeing right now i want to see more i need to see more before i can definitively say yeah he is rookie of the year yeah he's this yeah he's that i apparently again information that i gleaned after power rankings has a very strong doom fist what did we see him play most of the time a lot of strong doom fist that's that great he can compete among some of the best in the world at that one hero I want to see a little bit more. I want to see exactly his depth. You know, I, I want to see a more full picture before we completely just, you know, buy all the, the, the mirror stock so far. So good. I'm glad to be wrong with gladiators. Very skeptical on my end on if this team was going to perform or not again before hero pools. So, you know, I'll defend myself a little bit, but you know, glad to be wrong. Glad to be wrong about mirror. Glad to be wrong about bird ring. I'm happy that the purple team gets the W. Yeah. Um, pretty much the same from here. Like, uh, Mira definitely surprised me. Um, didn't have him on, on my consideration yeah, on list for rookie of the year. Has shown pretty sweet um, versatility as well. On the heroes he can pop off on. Birdring as well. Seems to be like back. Um, it's also a testament to just like a great coaching staff. And I, I said it on uh, during during the watch time. Like, I think this is this is the time where we realize that like stack coaching staffs actually are, are supposed to be reckoned with. Because like think about how shock is. That team basically had three people, at least three people with head coaching chops and qualities. Yeah. Game understanding, like um player management That's, yeah everything yeah. like the full the full shebang like 9k young buck and crusty right so then like at least one of them splits off and then now you look at gladiators they have a sick coaching stuff to pay mm -hmm. proven to be able to always field some of the best teams in in the overwatch leagues so far also prior to that um then you got uh, Curry Shot, of course, like coach of the um, Mayhem Academy, just like um, great contenders coach. Then goes to Guangzhou. Definitely the impact strategically is almost immediately felt there. Um, then 
uh, you got Face, who do yeah. uh, coach Talon, great showing at the Atlantic Showdown. Um, it's Faustus. just like Faustus, yes, like great showing with uh, um, I'll stay, I'll <sighs> Angry I'll Titans um, in EU contenders. Like these are either contenders winning coaches or teams that coaches from teams that did amazingly well in contenders mm. and um they just come together and form like this elite coaching staff i think we will eventually come to uh, understand as elite and i think these all of them also could be head coaches somewhere else in the league yep and they the probably did very well uh to get everyone into this one roster and he like cornered the talents um in that regard and it seems to be showing and like some of the litmus tests are how does uh, mirror adapt to the, the other rosters is their performance uh, up like uh, an upwards trajectory for jaru can bertering hold his amazing form um what about how is the integration with og going if this all works check, dude check, like check. they are the full package these are the litmus tests and then i'm ready to say they are the best possibly the best coaching stuff in i mean so always. far have they not checked all those boxes yeah 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 now now here here's here's a weird hot kind of hot take okay ready mm. depay has go. shown that he has an eye he always surrounds himself and that's not not that's not a, a backhanded compliment he is good, right? Like he has proven time and time again that he can do a lot with very little. He might not have the best team, but he can make them great. He can't he might not have the most resources, you know, with in regards to what happened in the offseason, but he can yeah. coerce a lot of some of the best coaches to come, get solid players, and make this team great. How mm -hmm. is that not exactly what the Boston Uprising needs? I, I mean, want to pay to be the GM of the Boston Uprising. That's the take. I think you see that team turn around well, and become at least mid-pack with overnight. Yeah, they would, but there's virtually no chance they can pay him uh, enough. D-Pay like, needs to get D-Paid. Yeah, 100%. Like, you pay that boy stacks, and I think he turns that, that, that whole organization around, at least when it comes to playing on server. I, you know... I, I've had a couple back and forth with him. You know, it seems like he has his head on his shoulders within regard within regards to content, but he's also smart enough to just hire somebody else to to run that for him. You know what I'm saying? Like he can delegate. I think that's exactly what Boston needs. I think they should be uh, courting to pay to come over and become you know their franchise guy. Because something ain't working. I, I think this is not Chad. This is not about if DK would say yes. You guys are totally missing the point. <laughs> yeah, stop, this stop. isn't. This like, isn't like I don't yeah, know that yeah, he would yeah, say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that he would never. Like there's. No, I don't think anybody. From, would from no, there's nothing attractive <laughs> about that entire <laughs> no, situation. Not in the Neither monetarily, the challenge is worth it. But it's, that's the type of person that I think you know. Not to not to hijack this in terms of like just pooping at Boston, but I think that's the type of character that they need to be at the top. That's not necessarily saying that mineral needs to go. I'm just saying you need somebody with an eye. And so far, it's be, not necessarily been what Boston has as I believe as the right uprising now. though believe that they have that. Oh, sure, totally. In, in Huck, the person who's making those personnel decisions. And yep. I worry a lot 
about and, and I don't know, Huck. I don't want to like project anything about like yeah. oh, based on what I've seen on the internet. Um, I, I don't want to do that, but I would be very interested to see how a strong-minded mm-hmm. delegatory head coach slash co-GM like Depay yeah. would work with a very strong-willed, um, strong-headed Huck, who is, yeah. I, I think, is very smart. Um, and I think does exhibit a lot of, like, Joe, what you're saying, and it's like, what should hypothetically make a team successful in Boston? Just maybe not to the level, or maybe just there's maybe there's just not enough reasonable investment. It's a little bit totally. asking a team too much to go from, you know, grab a bunch of dirt and turn it into diamonds. Like hundred percent. You like, still got to put the pressure on, kind of thing. And they don't have the resources yeah. to do that. I I don't know, but I just like I would be very. I, I agree. That's exactly what I would look for in a Boston yes. Uprising head coach, or that's what that's I would call on Mineral to kind of step up and do and, and empower him to make more of those decisions. Hundred uh, percent. But is he allowed to? That's that was my all my hundred percent question. Can he do that within that system? I don't know. And, and I, I was gonna say I don't necessarily want to put Mineral under the bus for this either. Yeah. Like at, at the end of the day, your your record is a reflection is always going to be a reflection of you as a coach. Sure. You, Unfortunately, you, you sign. It's kind of the thing you sign up for, right? Yeah. Uh, and everybody there knows that, and so um, you know, obviously, Mineral hasn't had the the best start to that, and but nope. it's it's very difficult to go. Well, it's because well, you know, Mineral can't delegate. Mineral can't like look at the outlaws last year, and we we had kind of similar conversations where they were restricted in what they could do with their rosters. Totally. Uh, because of uh, obviously Infinity Sports, that whole thing being bought out and going bankrupt and trying to sell the team and re- mm-hmm. slashed budgets, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I, I'd love to see it. I think uh, I do think Mineral is probably capable of doing that. I wonder if he's empowered to. Yes, that that 100%. I, I think like we, we talked about packing a little bit. I think like another great shout. Very similar. Yes. That's that's the destination. Honestly, like if those transfers and once again, I actually no idea here. Like Mm. that's not the part of the information I I was uh, disclosed. But if that was if that DC inside leak is actually true and they are still not successful with that roster then. Just knock on pack, packing store. Just do yeah. it. Like, because you need to turn it around. Like, this isn't good for anybody. This isn't good for business. I said what I said, what, two or three shows ago? In, in, in kind of a slap in the face attempt to go, hey guys, like, this is not good for anybody. This is not good for business, period. It's not good for their business. Think the craft group enjoys the investment that they've gotten so far? Probably not. Uh, so, how do you turn that around? So, Let's go down that for a second. So what do you mean enjoys the investment based off of what Jersey sales? Just performance. Just, just purely on record. In terms of what that brand is. Do you think? I mean, it wasn't terrible in season one. I think they they stole a hamster from. I I can't, I can't, I can't debate that. Right. We probably can't ride. Yeah. We probably can't ride off of season one forever. Right. Even if we can be like, still like, well, yeah, well they still have, I, I totally agree in the sense that, 
season one Boston Uprising is not how you want to build your franchise name uh, yeah. for more than one reason, if we're being honest, which we're not mm-hmm. even talking about all the no. drama that came out this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with yeah. I didn't put that in the show notes and I don't think that we're going to talk about it at all. Nope. But uh, no. you can just Google it. Not good. Not good. Figure it out. You know, they, they haven't had the best of luck um, in that regards either. But at the same time, I do think that the Boston uprising is a long-term numbers game team. And I think that they don't, I don't want to say they don't care if they win or lose as long as they are hitting their very conservative. We'll just call them revenue goals, but that can mean all sorts of different things from merch and, um, ticket sales and, mm-hmm. and other things, but we'll just overall revenue. I don't think that as long as their record or brand is strong enough to pull that in, I don't think that they are worried about performance. hundred percent, 100%. But, but what I'm necessarily getting at is that if, if we're going to take, let's say branding and performance and say that they're at least correlative to one another, Say like if you perform well, usually your your brand, you know, uh, is influenced positively from that. And if your brand's well, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, reversely correlate. But, you know, follow me here. Um, usually teams would do one or the other. It feels like some teams do both and they're really great at both. That's fantastic. And that's, you know, teams that you really want around. It seems like Boston don't do either. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel I don't feel strongly about the uprising as a brand. And it's not to say that, you know, people from, you know, that area don't. It's it's so hard to evaluate because we don't 100 percent. This is a complete feeling argument for me. It's a feeling. It's no it's knowing roughly there are there are like algorithms out there that you can generally tie like social media to, you know, like engagement into a fan yep. base and like there is stuff out there and if you know how to find them like you can apply them it's not a perfect one-to-one so you obviously have a, a larger than comfortable margin of error there mm-hmm. uh, i think one thing that people didn't understand about the arguments of like um season one boston shooting that system some bail is is that it shoots huck bail like mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm the ownership group, I'm I'm looking at season one. I'm looking at what my team spent in re, uh, relationship to the other teams in the league, how well it performed, and say that is a huge dub. Sure. And then I look at season two and go like, ah, oh, this guy that delivered me like a great season now had a bad season. That is not necessarily the um like we ne- don't necessarily know. What needs to happen and we know we don't want to spend much so we look at the numbers of like the economic numbers like and then we also of course have to consider success in some regard mm-hmm. and the one remaining factor is the hot is huck with his system yes. and that's why like i think as an owner you should a guy like this some bail and then eventually if season three is also a disappointment then you reconsider and then you get sure. someone in who uh maybe has a fresh take on the system for a team that has to run economically not sure if it has to if that is just 100%. like hug's belief and th- he theoretically could have like th- it's that's all speculation of course right mm-hmm. but like at some point you got to say the system hawk has to move elsewhere 
Well, and so, and there's also a point from, from Habulous in chat that, uh, you could argue, um, oh my God, why can't I think of Krusty Krusty was responsible for the players and results of season one and then went to shock in season two. And they let that person go. Repeated that. Sure. That's not good. Yeah. No, no, that, yeah. and I agree. You like, if you're don't looking have at that insight, 100, percent right? That it's perfect hindsight. clarity has 100. I, I, I take so, that. Yeah. I, I know that that's complete hindsight. 100. percent Yeah. I've always loved the the. I want to say it's traditional sports analogy of getting somebody out a season early than a season late, because I'm see what I'm. You know, I'm reading the tea leaves. My third eye is open. You know, the Kundalini energy is flowing wherever, and. I see teams wanting to play for contenders, you know, strong contenders teams rather than playing in the Overwatch League for the Boston Uprising. I see that brand tanking socially over and over and over. Why do I, as a player, as a rookie, as a, I just turned 18, I'm a, I'm a hot prospect. Why do I want to get paid very little to go play for this team that's historically been horrible? Dude, like, that's the, the problem is there's a second boy for that market in town it's LA Valiant and they're doing way better 100% so why don't I the just same amount of resources there's no reason yeah why why would yeah. I go to Boston I, I'd rather play for the LA Valiant's contenders team they don't have yeah. one obviously that's the joke but I'd rather play for a, a team with a system that works for a, rather than a team with yes a system that is uh flawed yeah. let's say and again that's not necessarily a shame to Huck he's probably working with what he has but Something's not working. Something I, needs I, to change. I think people who immediately want to assign the blame to just one thing, I think yes. ultimately miss the point. Um, mm. You can't just like, it's definitely, you definitely have to put some of it on Huck and we can list out all the yep. different ways it could be on Huck. You can definitely, you know, put some of it on, you know, who knows like what, what's, you know, striker, you know, tried to do with contracts and stuff like that. Why weren't they able to retain the talent from season one to season two? Was it purposeful? Did they decide to flip and they wanted to flip it for a bunch of money? I think then so. there? Like yeah. that is what makes the most sense. But, uh, you know, was crusty Not necessarily the case, but sure. Was, I see what you're saying. Was crusty involved in, you know, maybe they underpaid them and didn't sign them to consecutive years contracts to save money. And Possibly. they lost that whole thing. Like, Maybe Krusty isn't great at drawing up the contracts and being part of that. And he's sure he's a great head coach and he's a great there. Like maybe that's a piece of it. How much of it is, you know, in uh, investment from the Robert Kraft group. And we still mm. don't know the ultimate franchise goals for Boston Uprising, because I'll tell you something. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The ultimate goal of owning a franchise in professional sports is not always winning. It's different for it's a lot not. of different people. I mean, people. of course, everybody wants to win, but every win has a dollar sign attached to it, and you have to say, are we willing to pay that much for that win? Yep, yep, yep. Anyways, let's talk about the Chinese teams. Uh, Speaking of color hacks. Chengdu. Chung did it. They sure Chung did. Chengdu, uh, I would say largely Chung did it. Well, Chengdu dude on that um, teams. So Chengdu <laughs> yes. did lose three to two to Chengdu or uh, to Hangzhou, but they then turned around and uh, <laughs> I can't believe this. They turn around and swept the Shanghai Dragons. Three zero, not even close. Three zero, it wasn't close. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Joe, 
tell, tell as us about much it. as I would love to parade around and yell, I told you so, I told you so. Again, I think this is a direct result of Hero Pools. I think I will take the W on the fact that Chengdu was built for this. And I think most people now agree with me that this team is great at chaos. They're great at playing in a storm. They pull you into that storm and they say, answer this question. Oh, you can't, you lose. That, that was exactly what the Shanghai game was. Answer Farah. You can't, okay, you lose. Next. They're speed dating these teams. <laughs> Next. No, nope, nope, you don't like dogs. Next. You're out. Oh, yeah. Spark, oh. on the other hand, had an answer. They forced them to play dive. Also has to do with maps. Again, like, you know, strategic credit where strategic credits do. Spark had a better read on answering Chengdu's questions. Shanghai completely looked lost. And now I'm coming for you, Moon. Yeah. You screwed around with Team CC, put playing Ash. You put Bunny on Ash. Come on. Really? Word. You bet you, you put Custa on the bench. What was it? Was it Custa on the bench because he was too good? Yep. What? Give on. What, what's going on? Why? Why? Yeah. What is going on? Here? And then you feel fearless just like to meme in map ones, just like so cocky. Come on. Come on. You can't disrespect me. <sighs> you saw what they did last season. I'm pretty sure they did it to your team last season. What's going on? This ain't good. You have you have you have a team that's too good to play around like that. Get it together. That's disappointing. That match was disappointing. Not in the way that Chengdu won, but how Shanghai played. That was that was not the team I was I was promised. Just I think ad lips to this stomping. <laughs> I, was, I was promised to sleep. I was promised. Um. Okay. I mean, also, I all I know, all Chinese teams end up one and one. Yeah. This week, which is pretty interesting. The most Chinese thing, Chinese Overwatch thing possible, right? Like everybody trades with everybody. Nobody knows why. We're just juggling here, boys. Yeah. T1W is apparently doing good for all my uh, Chinese Overwatch uh, contenders <laughs> fans. I don't know what they're doing, but apparently they're winning some games. Yeah. The world is going crazy. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been kind of it's been kind of crazy. So what about so uh, Chengdu, I think, ultimately. Overperformed, I would say this week, like relatively in the sense that they sweep Shanghai. Sort of. Yeah. Barely lose to Hangzhou. Um, mm. You've also got Shanghai who sweeps Guangzhou and then gets swept mm. by Chengdu. How did you feel like? Like Shanghai looked because this is a team that people largely shoot into that fifth or sixth place slot yeah. um and in pretty to their credit like they probably should have but after this week i don't know it's stuff's dire out here for shanghai um i will say that i didn't catch everything from uh, guangzhou shanghai but i did what something that did stick out to me was how dominant shanghai was after the first control sub map because that first map was rough. Guangzhou like convincingly took that sub map and then it was Shanghai. So I don't know if this is a starting problem. I don't know if it's, you know, they're really good at adaptation, but that doesn't necessarily jive with how they looked against Chengdu. Um, something's not clicking with Shanghai. It could just be hero pools. They might have been that team that decided, hey, you know what? I have no idea what's going on in these three weeks down. Let's just try to play with some random bands and not necessarily practice this because we might, we, we might be able to get an edge here. They could have been that team. I have not a clue. It's hard to tell. 
Um, but all I know is they didn't look great. Um, Guangzhou in general, that's that should be a Shanghai victory. They beat the team they should have. Unfortunately, you know, they lost to the cheesers. So yeah, yeah. Fair. You know, you know, my favorite comments or tweets this week was um someone, and I'm sorry for forgetting who it was, because uh-huh. I should be knowing that person, but someone going now I know what Nero Overwatch meant when he said uh, Shanghai is as good as San Francisco Shock. They <laughs> 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 laugh. Like, <laughs> that, that was, I, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, like, mm, it's, just, it's just disappointing. I was so, yeah. like, Chengdu, do, do your thing, girl. It just like, slay, <laughs> right? But like, please, dude. Please, Shanghai. Bring it back, bro. Can we? I I was prepared for another super team. Please, yeah. please deliver. They get one. Yeah, you get your one. They get one. It was their first match of the season. Let me it's let me raise online. you one. Let me raise you one. Ready? Okay. Where's Vancouver going? Any guesses? Any guesses where they're relocating to? South Korea. South right? Korea. Right. Seoul. Let's just say. Let's just say New York decides to relocate too. Where are they going? Mm-hmm. South Korea. How stacked is that region? Yeah. Sub London. What up, bro? <laughs> London? And if Shanghai doesn't turn it around, good luck. <laughs> they're gonna bodied. get chucked off the they're gonna get chucked off the steel cage <laughs> in the Pacific region. If they get moved to the Pacific region and they're this strong, and Jung Du's just over, over here, just red deck winning everybody. Yep. Just like playing three minions on turn one and go, oh, you can't deal with it. Ha ha, you lose. What are you going to do? Shanghai. Not necessarily looking top tier anymore, are you? So get it together. Because the, the people, the, the good teams are coming. If it's, they're relocating to South Korea and they get moved to pack, get in for some trouble. It's like, uh, it's like Chinese contenders where uh, a few of the like mid to bottom uh, South Korea teams snuck down to Chinese contenders. Yeah. <laughs> Except now there's going to be like four of them. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Not looking good. Not a good showing for a, uh, a region that might get an influx of talent all of a sudden. So I don't know. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> for real. Chinese It's going to be a bloodbath in pack. Oh God. All right. Uh, who else? Uh, haven't we really discussed uh i mean trying to think here toronto looked okay boston eh, uh, we already kind of talked about boston i mean more from the the chinese teams i think more than anything nothing else really stands out old man strength we want to go old old man man strength (laughs) godsby out here still showing he's got gas in the tank looking like a little bird ring god bless him god bless him I I, I hope he can keep it up. Yeah. I hope he, uh, yeah, doesn't, he, he didn't, you know, sports the last. You know, I'm, I'm getting real close to putting him like bottom of like first ballot. He's getting close. Not the greatest, but somehow able to like just survive. (sighs) Cognitive dissonance, just like vibrating in my brain right <laughs> you're not wrong but i'm not ready yeah, for it yet. no i'm not ready for it either but I, he's getting close uh, you know there's a lot of like old heads that have retired that you know looked good sometimes not look good 
this kid retires after the season after putting up some good numbers with Spark. I can't be mad at He's that. a Hall of Famer. I'll give you that. He yeah. ought to be Hall of Fame. He won at least bottom of the card. At least in contenders and for the Hall of Fame, yeah. right? Yeah. He's in the discussion. Was Goats bad? It sure was. Past that point, if we just kind of like, you know, separate that from the rest of his career, mostly positive, mostly very positive. And so far from what he's shown on Spark, looks great to me. The way he whipped that bomb onto Diana against Chengdu in the last clutch moments. <sighs> he had me there. Yeah. He had me there. <laughs> yep. That was. Well, that's our, that's our preview then. Or our recap. Sorry. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll call it there. That feels good. Godsby. Feels good. Godsby Hall of Famer. I can, I can, I can end on that. I feel okay. There we go. Ending on that one. Uh, we should. Do we want to take a second and talk about the production from this past weekend? God bless them. I I know they try. I know it's hard. Chat. Don't don't break them. Settle don't down them. a little bit. Yeah. You're not don't paying for them. Overwatch League, by the way. It's hard. <laughs> Just so you know. Guys, they're doing owed, it from home. This isn't something owed to you. I get it. You can still criticize. I think that's very fair. But, you know, let's take it with a grain of salt. It is uh, a weird time to be doing any of this. Probably not a workflow so, that they've nothing imagined is, having is, to be. Yes. You know, no one's prepared for this. It is all fly by the seat. And to a point, yeah, you could criticize Blizzard and say that that's been kind of an MO for a long time. And it's just kind of like breaking uh, now. But they're they're doing the best they can. They're, they're, I know for a genuine fact they are performing as yeah. best as the situation allows for them to. I know it's hard to watch. Don't get me wrong. I'm frustrated too. The stream has crashed a number of times. This is this is a time in everybody's lives at the moment that's living through this, this absolute weird crisis. Patience is a virtue. Just breathe. It'll be okay. We'll all check out the bot. They did steal the TCP three heads format. It's true. <laughs> I think that was uh, innovated long ago. Let's say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was interesting. Like it, it sucks because there's so many outside factors now, right? When you're yeah. dealing with like multiple teams, multiple different servers, you've got production mm -hmm. likely in one place. I'm guessing there are RMTPing to the desk into production. And like they're managing, like there's a lot going on there to manage. Yes, a lot of moving parts. We, guys. I mean, we worked on like for weeks, if not months, at Broadcast GG, like figuring out how the, all the tech would work. Yep. And you know, and that's when you can just like you just have to worry about an observer feed and then the casters mm -hmm. in a call kind of thing. So gets really complicated really quick. And if it's not something that you're planning on doing. And you have to make that. And like a lot of these people are like former professional producers kind of things. Like they're, they're used to being there in person. Now yep. imagine having to help tr troubleshoot. Like even then, I don't think it was like, like Uber going out the left-hand side thing. I'm pretty sure that was a production thing. Um, But like a really obscure OBS uh, thing. Cause you like what you, what, producers typically do is they pan left and right to send monitor feeds mono mm. feeds but uh he was sending a stereo feed and so 
it only like they didn't switch it to mono after and like that caused the issue and poor uber is like trying to troubleshoot it on his end that's mm -hmm. why like, sure mr x him. can't hear it nope so they're, they're trying guys I, trust me that they're trying i get the frustration let's just breathe have some patience uh we'll, we'll get through this it'll get better i promise i'm i'm actually amazed that with everyone being at home that infinite uh internet infrastructure is actually holding up as well as they are i was fully expecting to sit here like you know the 56k modem days <clears> just <throat> like having like, the, the jpeg images load up and yeah Especially in the moments where you really need them to load more quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you understand what? Yeah. Well, it's also. All right, get us out of here. Get us out of here. There's also the one too where. Good lord. I saw I saw something on Reddit the other day where it's like, uh, you know, uh, in the United States, most internet providers mm -hmm. have data caps of yeah. one terabyte, and they've just been, and they're like, it's to preserve the integrity of the. Of the grid because we don't have the capacity so people who need the more capacity they could pay for it and they removed the data caps for everybody and it's like yeah. and they use the old oh mori the, the old mori meme like turns out that was a lie <laughs> and here i am paying an extra 50 bucks like an idiot because mm. like three of these tactical crouch streams like take three quarters of the that bandwidth <laughs> every time i call every time i call my internet service provider they're like oh i see you're paying an extra 50 dollars for a data cap do you need it i go just look at my usage on my account i explain this every time like oh you used eight and a half terabytes last season uh last month sure did i was like yep lots of porn <laughs> okay okay you do you <laughs> live your best life yeah okay Sorry. I don't think you get to talk, Iska. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm uh, like, this is the most made up or like done together. I've watched, yeah, I've looked all week. Like as, as long as I don't have any camera reliant interviews, like literally technical crouch is keeping me together, like from just being full hobo mode and like, just like never doing like doing like preparing to be a normal functioning adult. Good for you. Look at you. Nice little hoodie on there. That's I, probably uh, some stains from the food I ate today. <laughs> Whatever. Wearing uh, the I'm same thing to to next now. week or tomorrow. Getting <laughs> used to it. Always wake up. Always shower. Stay clean. Deodorant. Mints. Well, you gotta. Do you have you have a marriage to save, right? Like I, I don't mean, even she have. Stinks. A cat. She sucks at working from home. <laughs> She's Damn, awful at it. Damn, shots. <laughs> like, shots. Not. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Oh. She didn't hear that. Good. She didn't hear that. <laughs> Just like, see if you guys see like a shoe fly right past yeah. my head. Daggers. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Rat bottoms right up in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Dud. And then we'll blame it on production. Um, mm. All right. We're going to get out of here, chat. Thanks so much for hanging out, by the way. I uh, hope you had a ton of fun. Salsa Boy, thank you for gifting a sub to Volamel. Neuromancer99, thank you for the sub as well. And Copper ZZ, thank you for the sub during the show. 
No new patrons or five-star iTunes reviews, but if you want to support the show, there's great ways to do that. Uh, first is the free way. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star iTunes review, and leave a little comment. doesn't have to be anything, or it can be something long and funny and nice and whatever. Uh, but regardless, leave a five-star iTunes review. We'll thank you on the next episode. Uh, it usually takes a couple of days for those to post so that we can see them. So, like, if you leave a review on uh, Sunday... We might not get it, but we will get to it. I, I track all of those. Uh, second thing is if you're like, you know what? Um, I, how can I help support, you know, hanging out and all that kind of stuff? Uh, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch and you can sign up there. We're coming up on April, which means that game night is going to be coming around soon. Like we're trying to do the game nights earlier rather than later this month because it's a little bit easier with the stay at home in place as far as like scheduling things around. So I think we're going to try and do that. Um, so do that. Patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Big thank you to our patron producers, Battlecrab, Pin Lotion, Charlie L audio compass, pork chop, Sammy, Tasha 67, Coochie Kopi, salsa boy, 91 and Shara. Appreciate you all. And, uh, yeah. then you can also just subscribe right here on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash kick tripod. It's another really great way. We've got some tactical crouchy emotes. I've actually got Katie drawing some, doing some uh, drawing ones. We're, we're trying really hard to get partnered on Twitch. And we're really close. We're at like 60, 65 average viewers, and we need 75 before we can start applying. So Sweet. even if you can't be here live, if you just want to AFK on the channel, I don't know if I can ask you for that, honestly. Uh, so we'll pretend I didn't ask you for that, but... Even being here uh, is a is a huge thing. So we can get some more of those cool emotes, and uh, we'll get those designed and hopefully implemented as soon as possible. All right, <sighs> that's it for me. Uh, Yiska, shout outs for the week. Where can people find you? Uh, as always, GG Recon um, had a. It, it's interesting. Like last last week, had a piece. Most of you probably missed because it didn't really do well on Reddit or whatever, but um, it's interesting like how certain content vibes with different demographics. So I'll, I'll experiment a little bit with that. I'm not sure how much love I'll be able to get give uh, Overwatch, even though I have one th cool thing uh, in the works um, with a coach interview. And otherwise... Uh, I'll, you'll probably find me like trying to uh, prepare for Valorant, give some, you know, like uh, shoulder content towards that development, and then otherwise, yeah, just check out GG Recon. Sweet, Joe. What about you, man? As always, find me on all the socials at Volamel. That's V O L A M E L. Uh, YouTube probably this week. Hopefully, if the schedule allows it gonna do uh you know predictions ranking the teams um hopefully again was trying to do it last week but the schedule came out way too late um and then go check out uh a, a review a recap of all of the uh the nonsense that went into shanghai winning their first ever match on their 43rd attempt i know there there are some uh, new owl fans out there so uh, if you want uh, a review of that story go check out gg recon for that um and yeah same here just you know getting ready getting prepped getting mentally prepared for valorant and uh yeah a lot of history to come a lot of history to review with overwatch uh not going anywhere just yet can't get rid of me and uh yeah just just same as always contents of flowing 
Yeah. Uh, as for me, uh, same thing everywhere at Kick Tripod, Twitch, uh, Twitter, YouTube. That's also where the po shows are posted. So make sure to follow and subscribe or whatever the platform has you doing there. Also looking forward to Valiant. Also hoping to be making some content around that. Also hope to have something to announce to you all soon regarding that. Uh, but for right now, nothing official to announce just yet. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. Chat, thanks again for hanging out. Um, we're going to be back with a brief uh, post-show just to hang out, say hi, and then Yisko let out all the juice, and we'll get out of here. All right, see you next time. Bye.